You are listening to an Elam Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. Come on, give yourselves another hand. How amazing is that vision offering? Just absolutely incredible. Hello, Whangarei. How's everybody doing? Hey, it's so good to see you. We weren't expecting this, were we? It's like an impromptu catch-up. Yeah, I wasn't expecting it when my alarm went off at 5.30 this morning either. Uh, But um, yes, Steve sends his love. He is so gutted. He was like, please tell him I'm sorry. He was so gutted that he couldn't be there. He's actually right now driving back home. Uh, to uh, Auckland, and uh, but my boys are still here having a great time in the kids' programs, and uh, so we. Are, I'm very happy to be here. I'm very excited to be here, and one of the reasons why I'm so excited is because um, often, in my experience, I've found when God changes the agenda, uh, He really has got a plan and a purpose in mind for what He's got going on this morning. So I'm believing that for you guys. And my prayer is that you would just lean into what he wants to do today because uh, we might not be doing the Chasing Shadows series because I, I, I love you guys, but I couldn't write an, a new message between 5.30 a.m. and 9 o'clock this morning and drive up at the same time. My skills go fo- so far, but not quite that far. But I believe that the message that God has laid on my heart for you today, it might not be chasing shadows, but it's certainly um, going after what God has got for you today. So uh, so we're not on the chasing shadows calendar, but we're on God's agenda. And so we're going to go with it this morning. Is that all right? All right. Awesome. I'm going to read you the passage of scripture that I've got for you today, and then I'm going to pray. But before I do, I just want to say how proud we are of you guys. If you don't know us very well, uh, Steve and I uh, spent four years up here pastoring your church. And uh, we loved our time. It was some of the best years of our life. And we miss you. And we miss living here. And I miss the beach, guys. I miss the beach so much. Uh, But uh, we're so proud of you and so proud of all the different steps that the church has taken since we've gone to services, which is just incredible. Look at you go. And um, we're proud of Mike and Amy. We think they're doing a stunning job. And I just want to say, while they're on sabbatical, can you just keep turning up just keep turning up, keep getting behind Jaden and the team of interns and staff that are here. Uh, they are going to do their absolute best. They're going to do a stunning job, but they need your support. And they need you to pray for them, and they need you to turn up for them. So if you could do that, Mike and Amy will come back. They'll be like, wow, this place is amazing. Wouldn't it be cool if when they came back, the church had grown? Let's do that, eh? Let's do that. Yeah. All right. Shut up, Bex. Get into it. Okay. 2 Corinthians 1 verse 20 says this, For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes, and through Christ our amen, which means yes, ascends to God for his glory. Let's pray. God, we need you. I need you, Lord. God, I pray right now as we set our heart towards you, as we open your word, I pray that you would just come and and bring it alive to us, God. Lord, we know that, Lord, it was written long ago, but it is so relevant for today. And so I pray that the words would just jump off the page to us in a new way. God, help us to see things perhaps that we've not seen before. And Lord, help us to soften our hearts to what you want to do. Lord, I pray that you would use me today. 
God, as little prepared as I have been this morning, I pray that you, I know that you have gone before us. Lord, you've already been there. You've already got a plan and a purpose in mind for us all today. And so, Father, we lean into your plan and we say we'll go with you, God, and we'll follow you everywhere. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. I want to talk about that word, actually, amen. I want to talk about the word amen as it's found in this passage of Scripture, that all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes and through Christ, our amen. I want to speak about that word because I was, as I was talking about, as I was thinking about and reading that Scripture and pondering it, I realized that I think that we use that word a lot. It's very common in our Christian world we use this word amen. And yet, as I was looking into it, I realized we don't really understand the full power that is behind that word. In fact, we use it so much, I think we don't even think when we say it. We use it to end a prayer, don't we? We kind of tag it on as a full stop so everyone knows and God knows, I've finished the prayer, Lord, you can start now. I've finished saying it, you can start doing it. So we kind of close off the prayer with an amen. We use it to conclude grace. But you and I both know that we're not listening to the prayer at all. We don't really care what they say. We just want them to say amen so that we can dive into the food because that's the most important thing here is we're getting my kids say grace. And sometimes they can go on and on and on. And all we want is an amen at the end so we know we can start eating the food. Uh, We say amen if we think the preacher's doing a real good job. We might give them an amen from the back. Thank you. Thank you. Some of those really like charismatic, out there, happy, clappy TV evangelists, they like get real excited and they shout, can I get an amen? You know, the TD Jakes of the world, we hear them do that. And then sometimes in church, the MC or the speaker will say, and everyone said, and then we all say, Yes, good answer. Uh, And if you've been in church for for the last year or you've watched any online services over 2020, you will know that there are a whole lot of amens in the song, The Blessing. In fact, there are 31 of them. I have counted every single one. And I had to count twice because I kept getting interrupted. And then I'd second guess my counting. I know it's only to 31. It doesn't seem like much, but you try it. You try it and tell me. It's hard. Uh, you know, if, if, you've, if, if you recently on TV in, in, in an American, uh, it came up on social media for me, I saw it on social media, but I'm not sure if you caught up with it, that there was a, a prayer in a parliamentary meeting in America that was concluded, the prayer was concluded with a man and a woman. Yeah, when I heard that take place, I thought, man, when we're starting to give it, a, to make it into a gendered term, we have absolutely lost its meaning. Its power, its significance, and its meaning has been completely lost to, to humanity. And, and I really believe that God has sent me here today at 5.30 a.m. on a Sunday morning. He unexpectedly got me in the car with McDonald's on the way up. I believe he sent me here so that we could get our amen back and so that we could understand the power. Yeah, come on. We could understand the power of this very significant word. Are you ready? 
Okay, let's dive in. The first mention in Scripture of this word, amen, is found in Numbers chapter 5. And from that moment on, we see it used hundreds of times throughout Scripture. In the Old Testament, it is used often to conclude a statement or a proclamation of blessing or even curses from the Lord. It is also used as a response to a proclamation. So often when the speaker would declare something, would proclaim the word of God or a promise or a blessing from God, the crowd then would then respond with amen. And when you see it written in the Old Testament, as it's translated from its original language, the root word of the word amen, as we say it in English, is the word amen. And that word amen means truly. It means yes. It means so be it. This is the one you'll probably be familiar with. It means let it be. It means verily. And then that word amen, if you take that word and you look up the root meaning of the word amen, we find the word amen. And the word amen is a verb which means to confirm, to be faithful, to establish, to make firm, to be sure or lasting, to believe, to be reliable, to be trusty to be affirmed or confirmed and to trust. Are you getting this? Are you seeing how this very word that is so thrown about in our Christian circles, are you seeing that we can have confidence in this word? There is power in this word. We can have confidence in this word, especially when it comes and when it's used in context with the promises that God has over our lives. For all of God's promises have been fulfilled with a resounding yes and through Christ, our amen. And so I've come here to tell you today that it means a few things for us in our lives. This word, amen, has got significance in your world, and I'm going to tell you what it means for you. The first thing it means is this. It means that we can say amen even when we doubt. We can say amen even when we doubt. Even when we doubt, we can say it because Christ is our trustworthy and faithful witness. I'm going to tell you what I mean by that. What's really interesting about this word, amen, is how it's used in the New Testament. Because it's used in the New Testament in a slightly different way to the way it's used in the Old Testament. And the way that we, if we look at how Jesus uses the word, amen, it actually adds a whole nother level of meaning for us. You see, when Jesus uses it, he doesn't use it to conclude a sentence like it's used in the Old Testament. And he isn't using it in response to a declared statement like we see in the Old Testament. No, when Jesus uses it, he actually uses it to begin a statement. We see over 70 occasions in the New Testament throughout the Gospels where Jesus begins his teaching with a particular phrase And every time, and it'll be so familiar to you, and now that I've said it to you, you're going to see it all the time, all throughout. In fact, I was reading in John this week, and I can see it. It feels like every second sentence, Jesus uses this phrase. He says the words, truly, I say to you. He begins all of his teaching with these words, truly, 
I say to you. Now we can brush over these words and we can see them all the time, but not really understand the significance of them. But I need to tell you today that that word truly actually comes from the same root word as the word amen. When you look up the word truly in its original language, the original word that was written was the word amen. So Jesus is not saying, truly I say to you. No, he's saying, amen, I say to you. What is he saying when he does that? What is he saying when he starts off his teaching statements with amen, I say to you? See, he was using it in the same way that we hear the prophets use the phrase, thus says the Lord. Do you remember that? And all throughout the Old Testament, the prophets would begin their prophetic word with, thus says the Lord. He's also using it similarly to the way that the Apostle Paul would use it in the New Testament when he says, I've received a revelation from heaven. The reason these prophets and apostles do this is because they want the listener to know you can trust the word I'm about to give you because you know it doesn't come from my own authority. It comes from the authority of the one who sent me. And so when Jesus says it, when he says, truly I say to you, or amen, I say to you, he is saying, You can trust the word I'm about to give you and you can trust it not because you know it comes from the one who sent me, but because me, myself and I are the word. I am Christ. I am, the Father is in me and I am in him and you can trust the words that I am saying simply because I am uttering them. See, Jesus, the Bible teaches us that Jesus needs no other proof than his own words. He, like the Father, his words are true simply because he utters them. Truly, I say to you, he's saying, you can trust me. He's saying, you can depend on this word. He's saying, this word is faithful. He's saying, it's, it's, it's something that you can build your life on simply because I'm saying it. It means that you know it will come to pass. Listen to what it says. If, if we take our scripture that we're looking at today and then we go back two verses to verse 18, listen to what it says. It says, as surely as God is faithful, that's a good reminder, as surely as God is faithful, our word to you does not waver between yes or no. For Jesus Christ, the Son of God, does not waver between yes and no. Somebody needs to hear that today. He is the one whom Silas, Timothy, and I preach to you as God's ultimate yes. Oh, I love that. Christ is God's ultimate yes over your life. Listen to what it says. It says, he always does what he says. For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes and through Christ, our amen. Doesn't that bring a whole different level of meaning to that passage? Those words, the word amen, when it comes to the promises of God. Listen, it means that even when you doubt, you can still say amen to the promises of God over your life. Why? Why can we do that? Because our amen is not based on me, it's not based on you, it's about him. So I can say amen even when in my, in my thinking I can't see how it's going to work out. I can still amen the promises of God over my life. 
You can still amen the promises of God over your life when you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel, when all is dark, when you don't know, you don't know what's coming next, when you don't know what, when you feel like you've been bashed around, when life has been a storm that's thrown you every which way, you can still amen the promises of God over your life. When you don't feel it, Because how many of you know there are seasons of your faith journey when you just don't feel it? When you don't feel it or feel like it, you can still amen the promises of God over your life. Why? Because my amen is not on me. It's on Him. My amen doesn't, it's not testifying about my own faith. My amen doesn't testify about my ability or my capability. Amen is not telling anyone how good I am. Your amen is simply proclaiming who he is, and he is the fulfiller of promises. And so when you declare an amen, you're saying, I can commit to him. I can trust in him. I can be faithful. He is faithful. I know he's not going to change his mind. He doesn't waver to the left or to the right. All of those things remain true even when you doubt. And so our amen is not about what I do. It's about what he does. It's not about who I am. It's about who he is. And so we can say amen even when we doubt. Are you ready for number two? Okay, number two is this. Amen makes us joint owners of the promise. I love this one. Amen makes us joint owners of the promise. Can you remember when you were a teenager or a child and you really wanted something of value to you from mum and dad? Especially like teenagers when you got your first car, that all-important first car. My, my boy was watching something on YouTube the other day and he said, mum, this teenager got his driver's license and bought his own car. Like he thought that was like the most amazing thing in the world that this And I was like, well, yeah, yeah, of course. When you learn to drive, we're going to make you buy your own car. I'm not just going to buy you a car. You're going to have to work for it. You're going to have to earn it. Why do we do that? Why do we do that as parents? We do it as parents. We're trying to help them uh, earn or work for what they get. The reason we do it is because we want to teach them the difference between ownership and possession. Because we know that there is something incredibly powerfully different about owning something than just possessing it. Ownership sees it differently. Ownership honors something differently. Ownership values it differently. You know when your teenager has worked their bottoms off to buy that car, they're going to clean it differently, right? They're going to look after it differently. The same is true for you and I when it comes to the promises of God over our lives. Ownership stewards at a, le- at a level that possession just doesn't. There is power in your owning the promises of God for your life. Let me tell you how it works. In the Old Testament, when there was a proclamation of a promise, when there was a declaration of a blessing, the audience, the congregation, the crowd, whatever you want to call them who are listening to the promise, they respond to the promise with amen. And when they did that, what took place was a transaction of ownership. What took place was a moment when the crowd was saying the essence The substance of what is being spoken is now mine. 
I'm taking ownership of the promise. It's not just yours, it's mine. I own it. And for you and I, when we pray or we hear a promise spoken, whether it's from a platform, in a small group, one-on-one, when we hear it and we can declare amen, what we're doing is we are taking the substance, the essence, we're taking the fullness of that promise and we are saying, I'm not just going to hear about it, I'm not just going to request it, I'm going to own it. It is mine. That promise you spoke about, that's mine. It's like someone throwing out a prize from the crowd. Your amen is the jump up and catch it. It's mine. I'm catching that for myself. I'm owning that. That's mine. I'm not just going to be a requester of the promise. I'm making a shift now when I say amen, and I'm shifting to be an owner of the promise, and owners see things differently. Owners respond differently. See, what happens when we own the promise, we lift our expectation for it. And the reason we lift our expectation for it is that amen doesn't just give you agreement on the promise. It actually brings your entire life into alignment with the promise. Amen brings agreement and alignment. So when I say amen about a blessing or a promise of God, I'm not simply agreeing with it. I'm also saying the rest of my life is now going to come into alignment with the promise. And I'm going to begin to live like I believe it. I'm going to begin to live not just like I see it, but that I'm holding it in my hands. It means we begin to live different. We begin to live differently. When we first moved back uh, from Whangarei, when we moved back down to Auckland, I can remember moving back, and now it seems silly me saying this now because really the house market is crazy now, but it also felt crazy then, although it's not as crazy as it is now, but it was still, you know what I'm saying. So when we moved back and we wanted to buy a house back in Auckland, uh, the house market was ridiculous. We were like, this is impossible. This is going to be absolutely impossible. We cannot possibly buy a house in Auckland. We looked for two years, and over those two years, I found myself doubting whether the promise was going to come through. I found myself questioning whether we were ever going to be able to find a house. But what I also found myself doing, I couldn't help myself, was um, buying things for the house. I started buying stuff for a house I didn't own. I started buying pendant lights for a breakfast, to go over a breakfast bar. I didn't even know whether the house I was going to own would have. I just hoped it would because I thought that would be cool. I bought breakfast bar stools. I bought paintings for the house I hadn't laid eyes on, for the land I had never stepped foot in, for the home we didn't possess. I bought things. And what I realized, I didn't know it at the time, but what I realized I was doing was I was amening the promises of God over my life. Because I moved myself from being a requester to being an owner. And I determined that I was going to live like I believed it. I was going to live like I owned the promise already. And I just want to encourage you today to begin dressing for the promotion. Why don't you start living like you believe it? I want to encourage you today to begin shopping for that house. Why don't you name that baby? Wow. Why don't you start researching and reading about that career that's a dream in your heart, about that business 
that you want to start, why don't you begin acting like you are the CEO of that company? You can own the promise through your amen even before you possess it in your hands. Amen? This is one of those real hard messages where you want to say amen, but you don't want to say amen because you don't want to sound cliche. You don't want to sound, you know, but we can amen. We can amen it, guys. Number three. Here we go. Are you ready? This one's actually quite hard. Amen is our part in the process. Amen is our part of the process to seeing the promise fulfilled. Our oldest boy, Judah, is 11 now. Guys, if you were here in the church when we first came, you'll remember he was like 18 months old when we first got here. He was toddling around here. Um, Now he's like stinky and smelly and he's a tween. He's a tween. He is gorgeous. In fact, he's too gorgeous. Just segue for a minute. I've only got a few more minutes left, but you'll be all right, eh? He's got so many little girls chasing after him. That boy's got them lining up around the block. I tell you what. (laughs) Seriously, I'm going to have to start putting in application forms for wives already. It's going to take me that long to get through them. Anyway, Anyway, he's 11. He's 11 and he's at that stage. He's a tween. And so he's at that stage. And I'm just counting on you guys to tell me whether this is just a phase and we're going to get over it and and it will all be okay. But at the moment, he's in this stage where he keeps, he's like got major FOMO and he doesn't want to miss out on any goss that's going around. He wants to be in on every conversation that, you know, when they get to that stage where they want to be part of the adult, grown-up conversation that's going on. And so what we're finding is it doesn't matter where he is in the house, his ears are flapping wide. And it it doesn't matter whether it's Steve and I having conversation. I might just see something on the TV or on my screen and go, oh, he's there. Boom, straight in the room. What? Wait, what? That's what he says. Like, I don't know how many times in my day I hear the words, wait, what? Wait, what? We'll be like, hey, did you see, wait, what? (laughs) Wait, wait, what? Wait, what? Like, just doesn't matter where he is. Doesn't matter how quietly we're trying to keep it. Boom, he's in there. Doesn't want to miss out. He wants to be in, in on the convo, in on what's going on. Wait, what? And without offending you, and some of you I don't even know, so, so sorry if I offend you, but Sometimes I wonder if God, if we kind of do the same with God. Because he's like, wait, what? And we're like, get out of it, man. Like, no, he drives us crazy. He drives us crazy. We're like, nosy Parker, get out of it. You're driving me crazy. It's none of your business. And sometimes I wonder whether God wants to say that to us too. Because you know when you're desperate for a promise to be fulfilled. And, and so often when we're desperate, we try and work it out. And we're like, wait, what are you doing over here, God? Like, you could do that there. Like, God, hey, hey, God, what about over there? Like, you could like, what are you doing there? And hey, God, wait, what? What are you doing over here, God? And wait, over there, God, Lord, hey, you should put that. You could fix it like that. And you could do this. And why don't you move that? And why don't you open that? God's like up there going, Nosy Parker, it's none of your business. What he's saying to us is, you take care of your responsibility, I'll take care of mine. But what happens is when we're so desperate to see a promise fulfilled, we take all of his responsibility, which let me remind you is the fulfillment of the promise. That's his job, not yours. But we take his job and we make it ours. 
We make it our responsibility to fulfill the promise. We make it our responsibility to work out how it's all going to happen. He's all up there going, get out of it. Your responsibility is the amen. And I know how hard it is in those seasons when all we can do is amen and then we have to stand back and let God do the rest. I tell you, I know how hard that season is. But there are going to be seasons you walk through where all you can do is amen the promise and do nothing, nothing else. When we moved our little family uh, to Whangarei, we, we knew when we moved here originally 10 years ago, we knew that it wasn't going to be forever. We knew that we would be here for a period of time. We didn't know how long that would be, but I just knew that it wasn't going to be forever. And then after a few years, I just felt like God was starting to do something. You know, like I knew, I didn't know what was going to happen, but I just knew there was a change coming. I knew there was a shift. And how many of you know when you start to feel that feeling, you get kind of like, okay, well, God, let's see what it is. And so I started looking, didn't I? I started being like, wait, what? Like, is it that door, Lord? And every gap in a door, every little light shining through a door, you're like, is it that one? Is it that one? Can I go through that one? And we start to get a bit impatient and discontent. And I can remember driving home from church one day, and we lived in One Tree Point. And I remember driving through the beautiful countryside that is Northland to the beautiful beach that was One Tree Point. And I can remember just feeling this conviction that I was so discontent in such a beautiful place. And I suddenly went, oh, my goodness, like, like how can I be so discontent here? And then I just remember having this moment with God where I said, okay, God, all right, all right. If I have to live here until my dying day, I will, and I'll be happy and content, and I'm totally okay if this is where you want to keep us. This is no word of a lie. I promise you, I'm not lying now. (laughs) No word of a lie. We got a phone call within days from Pastor Luke, our founding pastor, asking us to move back to Auckland. It's amazing how quickly God gets to work when we get out of the way. And stop trying to take what is his responsibility and make it ours. Amen is our part in the process. The fulfillment is his. Amen? All right, last one, and the band can come and join me now. We can say amen for others too. We can say amen for others too. If you've been here for any length of time, you'll know that we're really into small groups. Like we love small groups. We go on and on about small groups, and some of you might sit there sometimes and roll your eyes and think, oh my goodness, they're still going on about small groups. Sorry, not sorry. We will not apologize because we really believe in the difference that they can make in your life. And we've got different groups. They're all different. Some of them have been going forever, and some of them will start up and close in 10 weeks' time. They'll be term by term. There's some of you that are going to feel right now as I speak that you need to start leading a small group, and I just want to encourage you to go ahead and sign up today if that's you. Some of them are around a Bible study. Some of them are around coffee. Some of them are around a walking group. Some of them are around a mother's group. Some of them are around a men's fishing group, whatever. There's lots of different things, but they all have one thing in common. If you join a small group in our church, here's what will happen. You will be known by name and prayed for daily. It's a goal. We don't always get it right, but we try. And what we've learned is through small groups is that there's something incredibly powerful about the prayer that happens within a community of people when you set to pray for one another and what God can do through that 
You see, when we stand in a room with other believers, and we might be in church and we might hear the speaker or someone, the MC or the worship leader, speak out a promise. Or in a small group, and the, the, the small group leader might speak out a promise of God or a word from God. And listen, because of the season in our life, we might, not, we might feel like that's not really where I'm at right now. You know, like it might be something that's great. It's a good promise, but it doesn't really hit home for me, you know. Like, for example, if you're like super financially secure, then maybe a, a word about God providing is not going to really hit home with you like another word might. You guys get what I'm talking about? But I got to tell you, and I think we need reminding of this sometimes. It may not be a word for you but it's most definitely a word for someone near you. And there is so much power if you and I can amen a promise for the benefit of somebody else. And I think we would see God moving so powerfully through our connection and community if we were to begin to understand the power of our amen for somebody else. Because when you stand and you say amen, not for you, but for the person standing next to you, something takes place in that moment. What happens is, is that the implication of that word is that you now bind yourself to that person to believe for the promise that God has for them. Not for you, for them. And when you say that word, what it means is I'm willing to believe for you. I'm willing to walk this journey with you. I'm willing to amen your promise. Perhaps in a season when you can't do it for yourself. When I um, was going into labor and having um, my oldest, Judah, uh, uh, my best friend, I texted her and I said, hey, I'm going into to the hospital. Labor's started. Can you pray for me? So I labored through the night and Judah was born at 5 a.m. on Monday morning. And that day she came in to see me and meet Judah. She walks through the doors, and guys, I'll never forget it. She looked terrible, like awful. She looked worse than me, and I was the one who just labored the whole night and delivered a nine-pound baby. And I was like, what's the matter? Like, what's happened? I thought something terrible had happened. I said, what's going on? Her eyes were red and puffy, and she said, I've been up all night. I said, why? She said, I've been praying for you. I've been... I didn't want to go to sleep while you were going what you were going going through what you were going through. So I've been up all night and I've been praying for you. I wanted to be with you on the journey. Can I tell you that's a perfect picture of what it means to amen someone else's promise? To through the thick and the thin, in easy times and in difficult times, to bind yourself to them and believe, believe for the promise together. Amen. One more thing before I pray for you. In a couple of weeks, well, today, you can sign up to be a small group leader. And I know that there are people here that have been challenged to do that. So for the next two weeks, you can sign up to be a small group leader. But I believe from next week onwards, um, Jaden and the team, over the next few weeks, are going to get up here and they're going to start going on and on about small groups. Like they're going to say it to the point where you're like, okay, all right, we get it. Stop talking about it. But I just want to encourage you. Can you just sign up for one? Like when he goes on, just do it. Just, just, all right, Jaden, all right, I'll sign up. Like, just, just humor us. Because I really believe if you would commit to one term, not only will your relationship with God grow, but I guarantee you, you're going to find a group of people who are willing to amen your promise with you. 
And we really need that. We really need that. Let me pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. God, we thank you, God, for your promises over our lives. I thank you that you have got blessing. You have got purpose for every single person. And I just lift up everyone in this room who's feeling like they've been on a long journey of unanswered prayer and delayed promises. And right now we stand with them as a community and we amen the promise together. God, I just think of people right now who feel like they're walking through such a difficult circumstance that they can't even amen their own promise. God, would you help us as a community of believers to build together, to believe together, to amen together. And God, as we do that, Lord, we take ownership and we commit today to begin living differently because we're going to move, we're going to shift. We're going to move from requesters of the promise to owners of the promise and we're going to begin to live, speak and do differently, to live like we really believe the promise. God, for every person here who's feeling tired and weary on the journey, I pray today would be a boost of faith for them in every way, in Jesus' name. Just with every head still bowed and every eye closed, I'm gonna take two minutes now just to speak to a particular group of people. See, I believe that there are people in this room who came here with the primary purpose of getting right with God. You don't even care what was spoken about. You just know that this morning, this was your day. Some of you, maybe you've never been to church before and you're visiting here. We want to say welcome, but we also want to say this moment is for you. And maybe you've been coming along for a number of weeks, even years, but you've never actually made a decision to give your life to God. This is your moment. And I'm going to lead you right now in it. See, God loves you. And He made you with a plan and a purpose in mind. And He wants nothing more than to have relationship with you. The problem is, the problem we all have is that we have all messed up. We've all walked away from God. We've all turned our backs on Him and tried to do it our own way, do our own thing. The Bible calls it sin. But, and that sin, it separates us from God. But God didn't want it to be that way. He doesn't want to be separated from you because He loves you so much and His mercy and grace, He sent His Son, Jesus to come and live a sinless life on earth and die a sinner's death so that you and I, He could pay the debt that we were due and we could be reconciled to Him. Right now, I'm gonna pray a prayer and that prayer is a prayer of reconciliation and I want you just to pray it along in your heart with me. You don't have to pray it out loud, just mean it. Really make it your own prayer. We say, dear Jesus, thank you that you went to the cross for me. Thank you that you paid the debt that I was due. I choose forgiveness today. I choose to turn from my old life and I turn to you. Would you make me brand new today? In Jesus' name, with every head still bowed and every eye closed, I would love to know who I was praying for today. I'm not gonna make you stand up. I'm not gonna embarrass you or call you to the front. I'm gonna count to three and on the count of three, I'd love for you to lift your hand nice and high so I can see it. Be bold, be brave. One, two, three. Hands can go up now. Thank you, Jesus. You're saying, Bex, would you count me in 
on that prayer. Thank you, Lord. Maybe for the first time, maybe coming back to God, you're saying, Bex, count me, and I prayed that prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. God, I thank you for every heart transformed and turned around for you. Lord, I thank you, God, that you can take something broken and you can make it whole again. And right now, we celebrate everything you've done in our hearts and lives today. Come on, church. Would you give God some praise this morning? Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Center podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancenter.org.nz.